you want to open your Bibles, you can open to Mark chapter 4 and kind of stay there with me, and we're going to look at some things today. But over the last few weeks, this whole series is called Good News. I got tired of hearing the bad news, and I wanted some good. So where I go for my good news is not in polls. It's not in uh, who's uh, getting the most votes. It's when I look into the Word, and the Word tells me the good things that God is going on in my life. And, what, and so the first week, we looked at just some great promises of God and, and some incredible promises the Lord gave us. Then we looked at even more promises of God the next week through the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing. But today, we're going to look at how God is good even in our storms. Even in the storms, He is good because He is God and He is still on the throne. You know, over these last few months, I've gotten many prayer requests and tough times that people were going through and the prayer requests that would come in would just be you know it's tough people are dealing with some tough stuff there's marriages in trouble bodies physically in trouble people have been getting fearful and afraid and right now you get closer as we get closer to an election People get more afraid, and they hear more things, and, and it can be unsettling to us, and we're wondering what's going on, what could be possibly happening. We look at all the things that have happened this past year, and, you know, I, I got kind of aggravated the other day when they already were starting to make people afraid of Thanksgiving. I don't know if you saw that, but, oh, watch out getting around your family on Thanksgiving. I'm eating, okay? Okay. I'm just telling you, okay, as nothing, <laughs> we're going to eat, and we're going to be around family, and, and well, you know, well, you do what you do, but, but they're not scaring me away from Thanksgiving, I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, that's just what I'm going to do, and, and it was like already trying to make us scared of Thanksgiving, make us scared of Christmas, and, and you need to be protective, and I'll put that disclaimer on there, if you're not feeling good, you're sick, you haven't compromised the immune system, blah, 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 you don't do that, Okay. But if you do not and you want to eat, go visit family. We, you know, this is not my notes, but I was talking to Gail the other day. I said, the thing that's aggravated me the most, I'd say about this whole virus thing, is I'm watching people get sick. And I'm going to say the most because I've seen some people, it's, it's hurt some people. But the thing that has bothered me so much is the dehumanizing aspect of, of the virus. And what I mean by that is it, it's taken away what we do. We like to get together. We need other human beings. And everything about that's what's being said is don't interact with other human beings. Don't interact. And we need interaction. We, we are not made to be alone. We're not made to live on an island by ourselves. And, and I don't know if you've ever watched those TV shows, uh, that TV show alone, where they go and sit them out in the woods and make them live there for days to try to get a million dollars. And you're just like, you, and then by the end of it, you know, what's amazing is by the end of those times, so many people give up on one million dollars just so they can interact with other people. And here we've got this fear and dread, don't interact with people, stay away from other humans, don't get together. And, and, and it's dehumanized us and it takes away a part of us, and I, and I hate that. And that's why I'm praying against this virus so much. And in the middle of all of this, how do I understand God's goodness in this situation? How do I understand the good news of God in the middle of the storms that we are in. 
Well, Jesus likes to use storms to teach us things. And we're going to look in Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 35, about a storm. Jesus, and it says, that day when evening came, Jesus, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. I want you to remember that, okay? It's very important that you remember that. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, which I believe he is saying to us today, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Why are you so afraid? And if you are experiencing inner fear in in this world right now, I want you to ask yourself that question. Why am I so afraid? You see, I think fear comes into our lives in many different ways, but there can be that simple fear that we're not followers of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, that fear that could be in you is right now tugging at your heart that you would get your life right with Jesus. Because the Bible does say that for those who do not follow Jesus, there is like a fearful expectation of judgment. And you don't have that place in your life that has been healed by God because you are far from God. And you're not following Jesus. That is a fear that can come into our lives. We also have that our faith is not strong. We don't believe that God will take care of us. We don't know if he's going to. We don't know if he's going to show up. A lot of that comes from unhealed places in our lives. Maybe the way you were raised made you fearful of, uh, of, of responses of the future. Maybe things that happened in your past makes you fearful of the things that will come. Maybe you've seen financial breakdown and calamity and it's causing you a lack of faith because you forget just how far God has brought you since then. Since the time you went through whatever you went through, you, di- you didn't get that healed in you to say, hey, God really did take care of me all the way through it. We look back sometimes at the worst parts of our lives and go, Man, God really let me down. But look where you are now. Because you're going to have storms. That's just a part of life. It's going to, right now, I've heard the depressing way it's been said, you're either in one or headed to one. I don't like to look at it like that, okay? I'm either in one, but it's who I'm in with. Who's in the storm with me? It's not as much as who is is what about the storm. It's who's with me in the storm. You see, they come quickly. Storms can come up fast. They can come out of nowhere. And in that storm, when the storm comes, we can begin to experience fear. And fear is a powerful motivator. What fear makes us do is it, it a lot of times will put that flight thing into us that where we're just ready to run. And you saw it happening in Psalm 55, when David had someone obviously had betrayed David, we don't know who it is, but it says in Psalm 55, 5, fear and trembling have beset me. 
Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to, play, to my place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. You see, that's our general tendency is to fly, flee from storms. We want to run away from them. We don't want to sit in them. We surely don't want to expect to learn anything in them. We don't want to have to grow through them. We want to be, and that word dove right there is actually, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's the word Jonah. It's actually where the word Jonah comes from, that, that we have that flight ten tendency. Oh, it's going to be difficult. I am going the other way. I am not getting on that ship. I'm going to get on a different ship. I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going the other way. And that's what we do because of fear we don't we don't expect God to show up we don't know what God's going to do so we have a tendency to want to fly away those doves in that time would they that when they would be they would find them in the rocky places so David knew what he was talking about that they would go out into the desert places and the rocky places and that's where the dove would hide and I wonder how many times in this year that many of us have felt that way that, man, if I could just flee this time, if I could just get out of this moment in my life, if I could just run into a different set of circumstances, then my fear would go away. Circumstances don't change your fear. Fear will go with you wherever it goes. So we got to learn how do I deal with it and how do I believe God for good things in the middle of this storm? Because what does fear do in us? You think about everything that's going on around you right now. If you're in that fearful place, you're in that, that tough place, you're in the middle of that storm. Storms can make you feel about this tall. They make you feel very small. They make you feel very insignificant. Why? Because you feel like everything is out of control. And it's beyond your ability to control it. We look at what's going on in our nation, and man, we can feel very little tiny. My one little vote, my one little voice. But I still believe that enough people who believe in life and enough people who are pro-life that will keep voting and keep believing that one day we will turn this nation away from that wickedness of abortion. You see, there's hope. You felt it, didn't you? But fear wants to make you feel small and insignificant. You are, but it's who is in the boat with you. Look at what they asked him. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? How many of us have said that? Jesus, where are you right now? God, where are you? I've been tithing. I've been doing everything right. I've been going to church. I've been serving in the ministry. And Lord, it's still bad. It's still going bad. God, where are you right now? What? And we see everything going on around us. We see all the difficulty, the immorality, the stuff being pushed upon our children, suffering children, suffering marriages, suffering families. We go, God, where are you right now? Where are you, God? I can tell you, there's been many times praying in here. I'm like, God, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to show up. Where are you? Well, I want you to understand something this morning. That you can have the full assurance that if you are following Jesus, if you belong to him, this 
is the good news that you need to start out with today that he is in the middle of the storm with you. Right now, he is with you. Allow yourself to just believe it that today, if I had to stake my starting point, I'm going to believe that God is with me right now, no matter what I face. At verse 37 and 38, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. You know, they didn't have the ability that we have to go on the news and watch them get the weather wrong. They didn't have that ability. They didn't go. They couldn't go and go, man, they blew it today. It's not raining in Chattanooga again, and they said it was or said it wasn't, and it was. No, they just had to get in the boat, go, hmm, sky looks okay. Let's go for a swim. Let's go for a ride. They had to go out, and they had to just trust in what they saw. And many times when we go out into our lives and we're going out into our lives, we don't expect bad things are going to happen. We don't get up and go, hey, a storm's going to come today. I'm really looking forward to it. No, they come up unexpectedly. They come up in our lives in moments and, and moments of crisis and all the difficulty that comes. But when those storms come up and you begin to experience it, and you can hear the rumbling of the thunder. You can feel the rain starting to land on you right now. And you can sense the lightning in the air. You, you begin to know, oh no, a storm is coming. You can see it on the horizon. I want you to understand this. That you can have confidence in God's plan. In Mark chapter 3 verse 9. Jesus had already set it up for them. He had set them up for chapter 4 when he said, get me a boat ready. You see, when God's telling you to get the boat ready, when God's telling you to get that place in your life ready, when God's telling you, I'm going to take you somewhere, you see, sometimes he'll start small. You won't even know that he's already got this under control. You won't even know that he's already prepared the thing that is going to save you. But he's already working in your life. You see, that boat that Jesus told them to prepare in Mark chapter 3 was the boat that they were in right now. The things, your life experiences, the things that you did not even realize that God was placing in your life in the past, God has prepared you for this moment. He's got you prepared for it. You can go through whatever he's about to take you through. You are going to make it. You are going to survive. You are going to do it because God has said in his word that our difficulties serve a distinct purpose in our lives. My storms can always have a purpose. My storms can always have good in my life if I trust that he is in the boat with me. James chapter 1 verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and complete, not lacking in anything. God is preparing your life for what you're going through. God is preparing your life for what you're about to face. God is preparing you for that next thing that you're going to experience. 
You see, not only do you understand that God is control, but you have the full assurance that he is with you. You have the full assurance of his presence in your life. It said it in verse 37 and 38 when he was taking them through that, his presence would be with them, that he would go through with them. In Psalm 46, 1, what does it say about storms? God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, he is a present help. When the mountain feels like it's falling down on you, when trouble seems like it's coming your way, whenever the storm that you are in right now, no matter what, he is an ever-present help for you. You see, something's happening right now. And I believe through this COVID thing and all the stuff that's going on this year and everything that's going on in your life and in our lives and in families, I believe if we are followers of Jesus, it is serving a purpose. You see, he told them to prepare a boat in Mark chapter 3. And if you go back and read it, you will understand that he had also told them just right after that that, hey, I'm giving you authority over demons and devils. I'm giving you power over that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you authority to drive out demons. He told them this. And then what was the next thing that happened to them? They didn't run up and go into the battle. They didn't go out and they weren't uh, facing every demon right then. They were experiencing things. But, but what happened was Jesus led them from pre preparation through teaching to putting them in a situation situation where they were going to have to trust him and he got him in that boat because you see on the other side of the trip there was a demon possessed man you see the storms that you are facing today are building the faith that you need for tomorrow what happened in that mark chapter 5 it says they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. You see, God, right now, in the middle of the storm that you're in, is preparing you for the devil that you may have to face tomorrow. And you will have the strength that you need. You will have the, uh, the authority that you need. Your faith is being exercised right now. Your faith is being strengthened. The things you see, I don't know if you remember this years ago, and if you're, if you're of my age, you might remember this, when they were trying years ago to go out into the desert, and they were going to build these habitations, and these people were supposed to go in there and live inside these habitations to prepare one day for the eventual trip to Mars. And they were growing trees and flowers and all those things. But the one thing that they realized, because it didn't last very long. I think it only lasted like a couple of weeks. It's not very effective. But they tried to grow trees inside this dome. And they were noticing something that the trees became brittle and the limbs would fall off easily. What happened was is they took the wind away from the tree. The tree never developed the strength in its fibers because it had never been exposed to wind. And when it was never exposed to wind, it could not handle the weight of the fruit that it produced. 
That is what God is doing in so many of you right now. He is trying to build your strength because of the fruit that he is going to produce in your life. God is going to use you. God is going to use this storm. God is going to use your life. And every devil in hell is going to try to fight it. The storm is going to come. But if you rest with him resting in your boat, God is going to produce fruit in this season. You see, it's not in the good times that all the fruit's produced. It's not in the great times that all the fruit is produced. It is in the difficulty when we learn the good fruit of God that, hey, whoa, I made it. You see, Satan never wants you to figure out that you made it. He never wants you to figure out that you really survived all of it, that everything that you went through. Why? Because there's a bigger devil that you're going to put down one day. That thing you're walking through right now, the next storm that rises up, you're saying, Jesus is in the boat. The next time they say, you've got a bad health diagnosis, Jesus is in the boat. You're going to lose your finances. You're going to lose this. Jesus is in the boat. Your family's away from God. Jesus is in the boat. I will not be afraid. And not only do I get to not be afraid, I get to say, Satan, get out of my way. Make room. I am coming through. You have no authority here. Jesus didn't leave the man in the garrisons in the tombs. He went up and said, all you devils, all you legion, get out. He told them. In Mark chapter 3, you're going to have authority over devils. He put them in the middle of a storm so their faith would grow. And then when he walked them to the other side, you see, I wanted you to remember something. I told you to remember something. And this is something that you need to learn. And, and I, want, I want to try to help you to learn how to, how to get through these times. You see, when you're in the boat and it feels like it's going to be swamped, what do you do? You know, I told you I love watching war documentaries. I love them. I just don't know why. But I learn a lot when I watch them. I even have books that I, that I read because I love the strategy. I love what they experienced. Well, I was watching one recently. And these men, and they were the, the, the British SAS. They were in World War II. They were fighting Rommel. And they called them, I think they called them the Desert Rats. And they were these saboteurs. And man, they were just amazing. They were crazy is what they were. Well, they had this idea to take jeeps 40 miles across a desert. They were going to go 40 miles across a desert, and they had to take all the spare stuff, all the spare parts, and they were going to take, they loaded machine guns, these big machine guns, onto these jeeps, and they were going to drive through an air, the airfield of the Germans and shoot up all the planes that the Germans had. Then, after they did that, if they lived, they were to drive back into the desert, split up, meet at another point, and then get back to base. It's crazy. But they did it. And as I was watching this, it wasn't the getting there that was the most difficult part. It was the getting back home. Because you see, when you're out in a desert, you have no landmarks. You have nothing to hold on to, and bad things happen when we have no landmarks, when we have nothing to set our bearings by. So what they did have was they had a compass, they had direction, and they had stars. And they said, and I was watching and the, the diary of one of the men, they said, we kept, and this man, when I, when I heard this, I was like, mm, that is so good. 
He said, we got nervous. We got nervous because you will get lost in the desert. We got nervous because all the Jeeps couldn't stay together. They had to go alone in their separate Jeeps. The one little crew in each Jeep that spread out because the Germans were going to chase them. And as it showed that they were to fan out in all these directions for a certain distance, for a certain length of time, to a certain point, and then just turn in the middle of the desert and head over a certain amount of time, over a certain distance, following the stars. And one of the diaries of the men said, I didn't know if we'd gone too far. I was worried that we had missed the turning point, that we had missed the mark. But I just trusted what my commander had told us. If we would go to this point, we would follow that star, and we turned at this moment in this amount of time, we would get back to the base. Every jeep that survived the thing, every jeep that survived the attack, and they took out tons of German aircraft, and they did it. They drove back in, and one by one, they kept coming back into the base. You see, if you'll begin to learn what you can trust and what you can't trust, there are some promises that you can hold on to that'll get you through the storm. You see, they got in the middle of that storm, and they forgot something. They forgot that verse that I told you to remember. What did Jesus tell them to? It says, the evening came. He said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. If God tells you you're going to the other side, there is not a storm in this world that is going to stop you from getting there. You are going to make it. They had a promise that Jesus said, it doesn't matter if I'm asleep in the boat or if I'm man in the rudder we are going to get to the other side and you can trust that today I want to give you three real quick promises that you need to trust in today and you grab a hold of these because I imagine in that boat they were probably uh, probably had fingernail marks in the in the wood of that boat because what are we doing when we get in a storm we're all looking for something solid to hold on to and in the worst storms of my life Here's some promises that I trust in. God finishes what he starts. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Grab hold of that promise. He's going to finish what he started in you. The storm you're facing today cannot stop what God is trying to do in your life. Number two, God always provides a way. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and God is faithful. Say that with me. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And that word right there can be translated tempting or testing. It can be used both ways. So whether you're feeling a temptation or whether you're feeling a test, God is going to give you a way of escape. You'll stand up under it. Because why? Not because you're good, but because he is faithful. Hold on to that promise today. Finally, 
The third promise that I want you to hold on to this morning is that God hears me when I pray. 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I can tell you right now, in the middle of your storm, if you say, Father, I need you. That's a prayer he's willing to answer. That's a prayer he longs to answer. That's a prayer that he is willing to come running to. And that goodness of God, that good news in the middle of that storm is that the same Jesus that was sleeping in the boat said, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. That you can sleep today in the middle of your storm. But we got to get... We got to get on the right star. We got to keep moving. Don't sit there and don't, don't say, I'm time, it's time to get out of the boat. No, it's not time to get out of the boat. It's time to get in to what God is calling you to do. It's time to get in to what God is, and you just trust it. You trust this. You trust it. With everything that's in you, in the middle of your storm, you trust every word of that book that God has given you promise after promise after promise after promise that if I endure, that if I, if I believe, if I trust, if I, if I just do what he says, it is going to work out. God is working on your behalf today. My goodness, I just want to keep encouraging you. I just want to get this to you. Believe it. I want you to walk out of here. And when you get home, if you're suffering some kind of difficulty, you go home, you shut the door to your house, and you say, devil, that's enough. Get out of my house. Get out of my way. Get out of my job. Get out of my family. Take your hands off my children. Take your hands off my life. You can't touch me. You can't come near me unless God allows it. So I'm telling you, get out of my way in the name of Jesus. I have authority over you because Jesus told me to get a boat ready. Jesus told me to get in the boat. Jesus told me we were going to go to the other side. And I believe that when I come through this, Satan, you have no authority in my life. Come on. Come on and worship him. You have every promise that's in that book. You got every promise of God on your life if you are a follower of his. And this morning, if you don't, if you say, I don't know if I'm a follower of Jesus, you can get that right right now. If you're watching online this morning and you've not prayed that prayer, maybe your mother's been praying for you. You know that you're, you're, maybe your mom is, has, is gone on and, and you know she prayed for you and wanted you and, and passionately chased after God that you would get your life right with Christ. Today's the day. It's time to stop running. It's time to stop doing it our own way. It's time to return to Christ. That fear is in your life because you don't know that you're a follower in Jesus. I cannot do anything. I, I'm not going to call you up here today because we're going to do what we need to do to protect you. But God can reach you anywhere. He can reach you right in the middle of that storm. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I need to get my life right with Jesus. Today's the day. 
it's time to stop running. If you say, I need to get my life right with Jesus, and I'm here today, I will not embarrass you, I promise. I just want to help you begin to grow. If you would say, I need to get my life right with Jesus, would you just slip your hand up and let me pray with you this morning? Let me know that I'm praying with you. If you're online today watching, I want you to trust me at the end of this. And I, if you pray this prayer with us, I want you to message us. Let us know. It's not so you can become a member of our church. I don't know where you're watching from this morning. But just get your life right with Jesus. Can we all pray this prayer together? If you pray this prayer, you believe it in your heart, the Bible says you'd be saved. If you would believe and follow him, I implore you this morning, get right with God. Be reconciled to God. Would you say this with me? Say, Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died and that you rose again so that I could be forgiven. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to follow you. Jesus, you are Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you believe it in your heart, and I, I tell you, I don't know, I, but I just feel the Lord in it when we pray that prayer. Somebody believed Jesus' words this morning. And maybe you walked in here today and you said, I just don't even know what's going on in my life. I don't know whether I can trust him. And I hope today you heard something that said, I can follow him. I can trust him that I needed him today. And if you would say this is your prayer, and I, I, I want you to do this, but if you would say, Lord, I need you in my storm today. We're all sitting here together. We're all family. Would you just raise your hand and say, I need Jesus in my storm today. Come on. Come on. There, all over this house. Come on. We need to stand and worship him. We got storms all over this place. He's with us. Go ahead and accept his presence.